always, always, always grateful uh, to get to come and break the bread of life with you. Uh, always blessed to get to do this. Uh, I, I pray that God uses what meager gifts I have for his goodness and his mercy um, and are just grateful uh, to be here with you this morning. God is good. And uh, happy Thanksgiving. Yeah, that's coming. I, I um, love Thanksgiving, but I'm not going to lie to you. I am very much looking forward to the day after Thanksgiving because then I can say Merry Christmas. Uh, and I like saying that. But I also don't want to say it too early because that becomes annoying when you start too early, right? Yeah. Uh, so I'm excited. <laughs> as a resounding, yeah, from the front row, yeah. Uh, so happy Thanksgiving. I, I pray that you are having a blessed morning. And if you are not having a blessed morning yet, well, let's see what happens, yeah? <laughs> God's got something for us for sure today. Uh, God has already given us something this morning. Uh, and so often, I believe, and this is the point, this is why I love this time of year. I love, and you've heard me say this before, some of you, I love this time of year because we have Thanksgiving, we have Christmas, and then we have the new year that's coming. And I love these three things because, because Thanksgiving is all about remembering what we should be thankful for. And we, the church, have a lot to be thankful for. We have hope and salvation and joy and turkey too. Uh, and so very thankful to God uh, for all that he has done for me. And I love that. And then I love after that, we go into Christmas. And Christmas is all about the gift of Christ. Thank you. It's all about the gift of Christ. Thank you. And without Christmas, what do we have to be thankful for? Without Christmas, there is no cross. Without Christmas, there is no empty tomb. Without Christmas, we are lost. And without hope, with Christmas, we have joy. Joy. And you hear it in the Christmas songs that have already started. They started like, I believe they started October 31st at midnight. Uh, some before that, those Christmas songs are blaring on the radio. Uh, for those of you who still listen to the radio, is that still a thing? I think it is. Yeah. And then you have the new year. And the new year taking on this Allowing the Holy Spirit, because it's always right, the New Year resolution, this is what we're going to do. This is what I'm going to do to make myself better. Let me suggest to you as we go into this, being thankful with Thanksgiving, being having the, the goodness of God through Christmas and then the New Year. Don't make a New Year's resolution. I mean, if you want to do that about how you can change, but rather allow the Holy Spirit to change you. Than trying to say, well, I'm going to give this up or I'm going to go to the, the gym uh, for the whole year. And then by week three, you're like, oh, I don't want to go today. <laughs> Allow the Holy Spirit to make you new. That's why I love this time of year. The symbolism of these three holidays and what they really mean. 
bringing in the sheaves. We shall go rejoicing, bringing in the sheaves. So as I was writing this, uh, I have uh, someone who works for me. Uh, his name is Mike. Um, and he told me as I was working on bringing the sheaves, he was very, very disappointed we were not going to sing that song today. Because he said to me, the only time I ever hear it is on Little House of the Prairie. I said, well, you're not going to come to church like he has. He has a church. He goes to, like, if you come to church, I'll sing it. He ain't in here, so we ain't singing it. <laughs> he was very disappointed. But if you all see Mike, if you do, if you know who I'm talking about, and you see him, tell him. No, I don't want to tell you to lie. Don't know. <laughs> what is a sheep? So when I was younger, we talked about bringing in the sheaves. All I could think of is what the heck is that? What is a sheave and why are we bringing it in? Also, why are we rejoicing that we are bringing it in? What? So a sheave is a bundle of grain stock, right? So it's, it's a harvest, right? It's the grain stock, which of course we take grain and we turn into bread uh, and all kinds of things. Uh, and so that is a sheave. They're rejoicing, bringing that in. Why then are we rejoicing, bringing it in? Well, because without the grain stock, without the food, well, what happens? I mean, you, you have drought, what we talked about last week. We shall go rejoicing, bringing in the sheaves. That means if we have food that provides for us, Winter is going to be a little easier. You see how, like, God designed these cycles. Summer, spring, right? Spring and summer, then fall. Fall being the harvest time because the winter is coming and it's going to be so cold that we're not bringing in any more sheaves in the, in the winter time. Life is hard. Life is a struggle. And there are difficulties around most every corner. But things that are worth having are worth working for. Yeah. Psalm 126, the fifth verse, says this. And you can put it back up there if you want. Psalm 126, 5 says this, those who sow with tears will reap with joy. Verse 6, those who go out weeping, carrying seed to sow, will return with songs of joy, carrying them with them. What? What? I <laughs> go out. So as I was reading and preparing this, I don't know why. Maybe it's because I just miss things. I've never caught until at preparing for this sermon. So with tears, going out and weeping. Now, for me, as I was working through this and, and studying and preparing for this sermon, I saw this in two ways. Two ways. And, and I believe both of these are true. One, sewing is hard. Sewing is hard work. And moreover, not only is it hard work, it's not immediate. It's not like, any of you garden? 
Yeah, you've gardened. You've, you've certainly, if you haven't gardened, you remember in class biology and planting a seed and watching it grow. Or maybe when you were younger, you stuck toothpicks in a potato and stuck it in water and you saw the, 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 the eyes of the, the potato grow into roots. When you dig a hole and you stick a seed down in there and you cover it and you water, it instantly pops up, right? No! That would be amazing, right? Yeah. You have a real green thumb then. That's not how it works. You have to tend to it. You have to work on it. You have to water it and, and protect it against pests and the scorching heat. And there's so many things that can go wrong to destroy your crop, whatever you're growing. We, we garden in our house. And I'm going to tell you the thing that we have the most success on, which is I think is just because it's so resilient, is hot peppers. Because <laughs> no pests mess with hot peppers because they're hot. First Corinthians fifteen fifty eight says this: Therefore, beloved brothers and sisters, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is what not in vain. Sowing's difficult. Sowing takes work. Sowing doesn't always return and immediately, right? Doesn't always have that investment you put in isn't an immediate return. And moreover, you don't really know how much it's going to produce when you sow. You could plant one tomato plant and get 10 tomatoes out of it and another one and get two. You have no idea. They both require the same amount of work. So it is. In our spiritual walk. So it is in your own life. Are you sowing spiritual seeds in your own life so that they may grow into other things? Because the easy thing is to talk about this in evangelism, and we're going to get there because we are the Salvation Army, and Salvation is our middle name. But before we get to that, what about in your own spiritual life? Are you sowing seeds in your life? that grow into spiritual goodness. John 6:27 Do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the son of man will give you. Do not allow the world to press you down and crush you. Remember that you are His. I think about this. This becomes very personal for me. Because many of you know, some of you maybe not because you're newer to the Salvation Army, but many of you know they move the officers around. Every three to five years or so, we get moved around. And there have been places where I've walked away. There's one place in particular where I walked away and thought, did I do anything that mattered there? 
Did God use me in any way there that mattered? Did I actually sow seeds of goodness? And some of that I now know because they've grown into things and spiritual things have happened. Amazing things have happened. But in that moment leaving, I don't know. I don't know. I think about uh, some of you this week, we, we actually had our Christmas kickoff early Wednesday morning um, here at the Croc. And we invited uh, many of the former officers to be here and two actually came. Uh, and some of you in this room know them, uh, but they're the ones that actually did the capital campaign, uh, raised the money, put the plans together to build this building. And they weren't here when it was being built, and they've only been here one other time, and that was the ribbon cutting. They were sowing seeds, not seeing the end result, just being faithful. In your life, are you more concerned about the outcome than you are being faithful to what God has for you? For me, it is a relief for me that I don't have to worry about the outcome. That all I have to do is labor for the master and be faithful. Sowing seed, sometimes while weeping. Sometimes through tireless work that no one sees. Sometimes without knowing what the master is going to produce out of it. If anything. The other, the other way I view this with sowing while weeping are those who go weeping or those who sow with tears. The other way I kind of view or see this is the work has to be done even when we don't feel like it. Am I the only one? Can I confess to you this morning without you judging me that there are some Sunday mornings I wake up and say, you know, it'd be nice to just lay here. <laughs> Thank you, Miss Annie. I appreciate you giving me some affirmation in that. I'm not going to lie to you. There are some Sunday mornings I'm like, you know what? Oh, I'm so tired. There are some days where I have things placed before me that God has placed before me, and my immediate thought is, oh, Lord, not today. <laughs> oh. Can I admit to you this morning that I am human? Can I admit to you that just because red's on my shoulder doesn't mean I automatically rush towards the fight? Can I admit to you that the work is tiring? But God is faithful. And every time, every time, I decide, okay, no, it's not about how I feel about it. It's about what God has in front of me. Every time 
the Holy Spirit allows me to push through that. Oh, the blessing that I would have missed. That I would have missed. You know, I also don't believe that that thought is a sinful thought. Because I believe, if you read the scripture, if you read the gospel, there are moments where Jesus was like, oh, come on. There are moments in the gospel. Mark 9, starting with the 17th verse, it says this, A man in the crowd answered, Teacher, I I brought you my son who is possessed by a spirit that has robbed him of speech. Whenever it seizes him, it throws him to the ground. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth, and becomes rigid. I asked your disciples to drive out the spirit, but they could not. Jesus' response, you unbelieving generation, Jesus replied, how long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. Jesus responds with frustration. See, I don't believe having these moments is sinful, but I believe we have to mirror what Christ does. And what did Christ do? Bring the boy to me. So they brought him. When the spirit saw Jesus, it immediately threw the body into a convulsion. He fell to the ground and rolled around, foaming at the mouth. Jesus asked the boy's father, how long has he been like this? From childhood, he answered. It has often thrown him into fire or water to kill him. But if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. If you can, question mark, said Jesus, everything is possible for one who believes. Immediately, the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. Jesus did not allow his feelings of frustration in that moment to miss sowing seeds. He did not allow that moment of how long, don't you guys get it? Because we see this happen more than once with Jesus. Don't you understand? He never allows that frustration, those emotional feelings to take over his responsibility to sow seeds. Friends, you have a responsibility. And I'm not telling you how you're feeling doesn't matter. It does. But your responsibility to God, who has called you by name, matters way more than how you feel in that moment. Hear me. For those of you in this room who are struggling with real, deep feelings and emotion, please, please seek good Christian help. But friends, you and I, called by God, by our very name, sow seeds even while weeping. (coughs) 
I thank God. that Jesus didn't allow his emotional state to change the message. And so often, if I may confess to you again, in my own life, because of my emotional state, I've had to come back to maybe some of you in this room and ask for your forgiveness. Colossians 3.23 Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord. Do you work heartily as for the Lord? And then goes on in verse 25. We'll reap with songs of joy. And then in verse 26, we'll return with songs of joy carrying sheaves with them. This is the payoff of the work. And sometimes, praise God, we get to see that payoff. And man, when we get to see it, oh, and I believe with all that I have that God allows us to see it to remind us that he is good. To remind us that the work that we work is not in vain. But I also would tell you, you're not going to know the full breadth and width and height and impact you have made this side of heaven. And I pray that when you are called and promoted to glory, I pray that you are so faithful to God that there is a line of people waiting for you to get there so they could say, thank you without you showing me Christ. Thank you. Again, we don't get to decide when it happens, how it happens. When we bring in the sheaves, we don't get to decide when it happens, how it happens, where it happens. Our job is just to be faithful. Bear with me. Hebrews 11. By faith, Abel brought God a better offering than Cain did. By faith, he was commended as righteous when God spoke well of his offspring. And by faith, Abel still speaks even though he is dead. By faith, Enoch was taken from this life so that he did not experience death. He could not be found because God had taken him away. For before he was taken, he was commanded as one who pleased God. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. By faith, Noah, when warned about things not yet seen in holy fear, built an ark to save his family. By his faith, he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness that is in keeping with faith. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. By faith, he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents, as did Isaac, as did Jacob, 
who were heirs with him to the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city with foundations whose architect and builder is God. And by faith, even Sarah, who was past childbearing age, was enabled to bear children because she considered him faithful who had made the promise. And so from this one man, he and he, as good as dead, came descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as countless as the sand on the seashore. All these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance, admitting that they were foreigners and strangers on earth. People who say such things show that they are looking for a country of their own. If they had been thinking of the country they had left, they would have had opportunity to return. Instead... They were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. By faith, when a- when, by faith Abraham, when God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice. He who, he who embraced the promises was about to sacrifice his one and only son, even though God had said to him, it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. Abraham reasoned that God could even raise the dead. And so in a manner of speaking, he did receive Isaac back from death. By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau in regard to the future. By faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed each of Joseph's son and worship as he leaned on the top of his staff. By faith, Joseph, when his end was near, spoke about the exodus of the Israelites from Egypt and gave instructions concerning the burial of his bones. By faith, Moses' parents did him for three, hid him for three months after he was born because they saw he was No ordinary child, and they were not afraid of the king's edict. By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. By faith, he left Egypt. Not fearing the king's anger, he persevered because he saw him who is invisible. By faith, he kept the Passover and the application of blood so that the destroyer of the firstborn would not touch the firstborn of Israel. By faith, the people passed through the Red Sea as on dry land. But when the Egyptians tried to do so, they were drowned. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell. After the army had marched around them for seven days, By faith, the prostitute Rahab, because she welcomed the spies, was not killed with those who were disobedient. And what more shall I say? I do not have time to tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, and Jephthah, about David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, and gained what was promised, who shuts the mouths of lions, quenched the fury of the flames, and escaped the edge of the swords, whose weakness was turned to strength, who became powerful in battle and routed foreign armies. Women received back their dead, raised to life again. There were others who were tortured, refused to be released, so that they might gain an even better resurrection. Some faced jeers and flogging and even chains and imprisonment. They were put to death by stoning. They were sawed in two. They were killed by the sword. They went about in sheepskins and goatskins, destitute, persecuted, and mistreated. 
and the world was not worthy of them. They wandered in deserts and mountains, living in caves and holes in the ground. How much more for you and me? What I just read, this by, go back, look at it. Hebrews 11, there's more in there. Hebrews 11, the roll call of the faith. These were people who stood up in faith before they even had fully the Holy Spirit in their life. How much more for you and me? You and I know the promise. You and I have experienced the promise. Abraham and Isaac and Moses and David and Rahab and on and on the list goes only heard of it. You and I have experienced it. How much more then by the time we get to the end of our life and we are promoted to glory should our names be written down in the, in the warriors of the faith. By faith. Friends, this morning, how's your faith? When difficult times come, does your faith wane? When difficult things happen in your life, do you immediately turn to God and say, why would you put that there? Or do you allow God to help you work through those difficult things, recognizing that your faith, which is more precious than gold or silver or anything else, must be refined through difficult times. Sowing while weeping so that we may reap with joy. Because I don't know about you, but when I get my final promotion to heaven, there's only a couple things I want to hear. Well done. Thy good and faithful servant. Faithful. May I be faithful. And if we do these things, we will then be faithful in sharing the good news with others. You and I must be in cooperation with the Holy Spirit in producing the fruit of the Spirit. This morning, as we have the music play, won't you come to the altar? Won't you allow the Holy Spirit of God to move in your life? Maybe you're in that weeping stage right now, sowing difficult things. Don't do it by yourself. Don't ever do it by yourself. Why would you? You have a God who loves you deeply. Maybe you're in the joyful stage. Great! Praise God. May you give that Praise to God the Father. But remember, just as I said at the beginning, spring to summer, summer to fall, fall to winter, there's a cycle. And we don't always stay weeping and we don't always stay joyful or in happiness. But through God and His Holy Spirit, may we continue to be faithful to what He has. So as the music plays this morning, won't you come?